I'd like to read from the, the Gospel of, of John here today. Uh, it's a passage I come to quite often. It's just when Jesus meets the, the woman at the well. And, uh, and she's there at, at 12 noon because she has basically been um, marginalized or excommunicated by her community. So she's there when no one else is there. And Jesus arrives uh, for a drink of, of water as well. <clears throat> and so a Samaritan woman uh, came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. And that's interesting that he asked her for a drink of water. And his disciple had gone to the city to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Because Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is trying to say to you, Give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. I would have given you living water. And these are the words of God for each and every one of us here today. Amen. And when we think about that that gift, that gift of living water, how would you describe, or what is living water, what does that mean to you? And what is that? And so let's take a few moments just to pray and to reflect on that. Let us pray. Amen. And as a, an old English uh, teacher, I love when we get into the, the metaphor and the, and the symbol and scripture and, and just in our day-to-day lives. And, and uh, one of my prayers is that as we leave this place, there's plenty of <laughs> symbols and, and metaphors in, in every sanctuary, but that we start to notice those things just in our day-to-day walk and, and really go beneath the service and say, what is this truth that is being revealed to me? And I know Roar, he always talks about in scripture, he always says the first Bible is nature. So you think about thousands of years that we had uh, creation and humanity before the written word, and God was still present. And so God was speaking, you know, uh, that language of silence, but also speaking through the metaphors and the symbols of nature. And so when we think about living water, what would you say that means or possibly means? And it just layers and layers of... Uh, possibilities for sure <clears throat> and out there in the desert <clears throat> and and like Mike said I think the flag from a water uh, station it went up about 50 60 feet and sometimes you could only see it from like a quarter of a mile away and the one place we went the flag had, had dropped down and got caught in some uh, trees and everything and but just seeing how sparse that is and how valuable and necessary all that water was it was really uh, moving and then even more so what Mike was talking about, near one water station, there was a cross where, where a migrant had died. And so that's where how they said, we better put a water station in here. And it just really touches you about how important that water is. Well, well thank you for all your, uh, your thoughts and ideas. And continue just to take time in your day-to-day walk when you, when you just turn on that faucet. Think about how precious of a gift that is or just walking by the river and just take time to pause and to think about that. Well, uh, <clears throat> two weeks ago, um, our, our faith community, we went down to the Mancus River down here at uh, Cottonwood Park. And we went down there to pray and to baptize Lila, 
Paige Rick. And she's just a, I saw her up here today, <laughs> matter of fact. She's just a, a three and a half year old bundle of joy. And it was a cold, overcast morning if, if you were there. Uh, but the clouds disappeared with the, the rising sun. Just in time for the baptismal ceremony. But we still had on our coats and jackets uh, to buffer us from the crisp fall air. In the Mancus River at this time of year, it's just a, a mere trickle of water moving gently down, which was in this same, very same river though, was roaring during the spring runoff. And it was spilling over the banks in spots and we still have the sandbags down there to help control the, the river there. And I feel have different opinions on that. Or <laughs> but, but don't we also, thinking about that river, don't we also find quiet strength in the fall river that's just barely moving and we also find strength in the powerful river of, of spring and both rivers the quiet one and the one that is roaring they both inspire us in different ways and a couple weeks ago as we gathered on the bank overlooking a very small shallow pool I could not help but think of the vast river system as some of you were mentioning this vast river system that the Mancus River belongs to. And our river flows for around 85 miles until it joins the San Juan River near the Four Corners Monument. And the river, it connects us to the Ute and Navajo lands and the people. And if only we would remember that. That river connects us to the Navajos and the Ute and so many others and we drink from the same river. We drink from the same river which gives us life and hope. And then the San Juan River flows for 383 miles through the deserts of northern New Mexico and southeast Utah. And the desert <clears throat> is a lonely place and a place where we often encounter our creator and divine truth. And Alan Jones writes in his book, Soul Making, the desert of the spirit is a place of silence and waiting and temptation. And the desert is also a place of revelation and conversion and transformation. And I find it very comforting to think that this river that flows through our town also runs through the desert of the lands and our spirits as well. And the river of life running through our little town continues to grow when it joins the Colorado River at the Glen Canyon. And the mighty Colorado flows for 1,450 miles through several western states. Just baffling to think about. And it is, and it also is the man-made border between the United States and Mexico for around 17 miles. And that's fun to think about. That the water that flows through here some of it becomes a border, maybe not much of it, but it becomes a border between the U.S. and Mexico for 17 miles. And is living water ever meant to divide or to separate us from one another based on our race or our nationality or these boundaries? And are there any barriers or restrictions to the flow of God's love and grace? And does Easter love overflow one bank, but not the other bank? 
And does grace flood our lives wherever we may live? And from God's fullness, do we all receive grace upon grace, as we read about in the Gospel of John? And thinking back to two weeks ago when Lila was baptized there, she arrived in a bright white baptismal dress with her parents and brother in tow. Almost, I imagine her bringing them <laughs> along with her. And I called everyone together there at the river and we prayed and we sang. As I went down to the river to pray, studying about the good old way, and who shall, who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. So what is the way of Christ? And what is the way of living water? And with the mighty Mancus River calmly flowing by us at Lila's baptism, I quoted an excerpt from the NRSV Children's Bible. And it says, Without water, without water, no living thing could exist. And we drink water to live. And we use water to clean things and to clean ourselves as well. And we baptize with water. And the water in baptism reminds us that we are made new in our lives with God. And baptism is a sign that God is with us. That God is always with us. And as I spoke these words, I wondered, what would Lila remember about this day? And as I was thinking this, she walked away from the safety of her parents. And she stood beneath me. And she's just a tad taller than my kneecap. <laughs> and I thought she might run when she looked up and realized where she was. <laughs> But instead, Lila wrapped her arms around my knee and she held me. And her vulnerability and her trust just opened up my heart. And I was wondering to myself, who is showing who the way of grace here? Who is showing who the way of grace? And Lila, like many young children, intuitively understands love and kindness and compassion. She knows that that Spirit of God is moving through her. And Richard Rohr writes, In Scripture we read about Jesus encouraging a Samaritan woman to draw water from the public well and to serve it to Him. And at this ancient well, the expected roles are reversed. And I never thought about this until I read this earlier this week. Jesus, Roar says, invites the woman to receive the water and to be a source and giver of the gift of living water as well. She's receiving the water and at the very same time, she's a source of living water as well. And even though I was officiating at Lila's baptism and pouring water holy water over her head, she was blessing us as well with the gift of living water flowing forth from her heart. And we read this in the book of John as well. And it was a reversal of roles. And Lila, like many children, reminds us that a river of love flows out of us and it unites all of us together as one. 
And be like children, Jesus tells us. Love unconditionally. And risk. Take a risk. Risk the vulnerability of loving kindness. And my prayer for all of us as we think about the water. All the times we encounter water and that moving water in our lives. I pray, pray that we may marvel at the Mancus River. But we also remember its journey through time and space. And may we remember that God's living water is flowing eternally from our hearts. And may we receive this gift of living water continuously. And may we also be a source of living water for others as well. Amen.